Do you like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts? Then check out Crack and One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every week, we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country. And sometimes the world. We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery. Then we'll give our tasting notes, and while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings-on in the world of pop culture. So check out Crack and One Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello there, I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're nerds who love science fiction and fantasy storytelling, so of course we love Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So every episode, we take a look at what's new in the Star Wars canon and beyond. This is yet another Star Wars podcast. This week, we're facing the trials to prove we have what it takes as we examine the newly released series of animated shorts, Tales of the Jedi. Be warned, there are spoilers here for these episodes, everything Star Wars, maybe some adult content. We see some younger versions of characters, so I know you guys were probably thirsty. Us? What? Potentially. Mm. Uh, you guys ready to punch it? As ready as Ahsoka when she found out she was finally getting a master. I only wish to bring peace to this podcast. All right. Well, Tales of the Jedi dropped on Disney Plus on October 26, 2022. The series was created by Dave Filoni. It consists of six shorts, which were written by Dave Filoni, Charles Murray, and Elon Murray. Uh, they were directed by... Saul Ruiz, Dave Filoni, Charles Murray, and Nathaniel Villanueva. Three of the shorts, Life and Death, Practice Makes Perfect, and Resolve, focused on the character of Ahsoka Tano. The other three, Justice, Choices, and Sith Lord, focus on Count Dooku. In addition to longtime Star Wars actors and voice actors like Ashley Eckstein, Dee Bradley Baker, Ian McDermott, Matt Lanter, Phil Lamar, Clancy Brown, and Liam Neeson, we got some new voices. One of the standouts was uh, the Mandalorian director, Bryce Dallas Howard, who came in to mm-hmm. voice Jedi Master Yaddle. Amazing. <laughs> Michael Richardson, who's Liam Neeson's son, also debuts as voicing the young Qui-Gon Jinn. Which, oh. that was cool. Well, I, really that's a cool. great... Yeah. Yeah, so good. <laughs> so I think He's today, adorable. guys... Yeah. I think we're just going to kind of keep this conversation free-flowing. We'll start with the Ahsoka shorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting off, we have Life and Death which focuses on Ahsoka as an infant and her place in her village. What did you guys think about this one? Well, to start with, I love that her dad is like the ultimate house husband. He's like <laughs> major husbando energy, just like real excited about his lovely, beautiful wife giving birth to a lovely, beautiful daughter. And he's just ecstatic about the whole thing. When she's going hunting, he's like, bye-bye, I'll cook whatever you bring back. <laughs> I love it. Love yeah. So happy and proud. <laughs> Her, the design of Ahsoka's mother, I was just absolutely floored by. She completely, the, the construction of her face, like, absolutely looks like Ahsoka when she gets older. It was just that yeah. great attention to detail. The animation on these shorts in general was phenomenal. Yes. This one yeah, had they, that very, they like, really pulled it out. oil painting quality that I really liked. Like, it looked very ethereal. The animation was, like, a little bit softer. Mm-hmm. I think Dooku's, Dooku's sections were sharper. And Ahsoka as a baby, she, maybe it's because she has baby vision. She can't see everything perfectly. <laughs> so it's like just softer on the edges. And oh, it was baby Ahsoka is instantly adorable. And she oh, like God. reaches out and she calms, oh. the, she calms the giant creature. And it's oh. so fucking cute. 
I mean, it was very signposted. Like you could tell that's what was going to happen and it didn't matter because I was so just brought into it. I was like, yes, of yeah. course she can do that. She's amazing. I'm like it was, I really, I really enjoyed that section with, with her and the beast together. I thought it was kind of funny. Her kind of riding it back in through the village. Yes. Actually kind of reminded me of um, House of the Dragon when Rhaenyra like yeah. drags the creature into the camp and just like throws the carcass down. Yes. It was very hiccup and toothless mm-hmm. also from How to Train oh. Your Dragon. Very much so. Except she can't keep Sabretooth's space tiger. Like she- <laughs> I wish she could. How amazing would that be if she just rides into battle on that thing? Yes. It's also got to be kind of weird though, because I mean, this is this amazing, powerful moment. But then at the same time, it ends with the elder saying, you know, she is Jedi. So you yeah. know that like this is the moment, like her parents are so happy she's alive and they're proud that she's done this. Oh, but that means we're going to have to say goodbye forever now. Yeah. <laughs> once Plo, once Plo Koon finds her. Mm hmm. I did think it was kind of nice to kind of pairing this with the criticism we had on Andor, which was very just focused in on humans. Um, It was cool and nice to have an alien focus here. Mm -hmm. That being said, the the Togruta culture was interesting and they had that kind of like mysticism about them. Mm -hmm. So that is is a good thing that we're exploring alien cultures. I do have a small criticism there. It made me think that so many of the alien cultures, like almost all of them that we get in Star Wars, they're always coded as basically what white people think indigenous people are. The Togrudas, yeah, the Twi'leks, I, the Tusken Raiders. So <laughs> all I, this like nature yeah. worship thing. And like, it's, it's okay I, I, for aliens I, to live in the suburbs. Yeah. I like, <laughs> Or industrial. I, I, I think I Corellia. understand... <laughs> where they're trying to come from it's a heavy-handed metaphor that does not land well even if it's well-intentioned like i know that george lucas has talked about uh the empire is kind of like america and the rebels were like the vietnamese because he was influenced by the vietnamese war Mm -hmm. and i think they're doing this kind of heavy-handed non-humans are coded as like foreign you know heavy Uh, finger quotes for the people that can't see me right now because i I think they're trying to go for like the empire is this western like american industrialization yeah industrialized thing and they're trying to do this like industrialized first nature it's just a heavy-handed metaphor that even if it's well-intentioned it can get messy because why are we coding like again like why are we coding people that aren't white as aliens they can be an alien culture that happens to just have its own setup going on i mean i I will say i think there was some like already in canon stuff about tagruta culture being kind of Mm -hmm. more connected like this Mm -hmm. so i'll give them a little bit of a pass there for that i'm sorry i got the hiccups no you're good out of nowhere (laughs) so really excited about baby yeah (laughs) i mean i'll give them a little bit of that there um but that being said, like they were really interesting and you could see that like it was a neat kind of culture where it looks like they've got a matriarchal thing going on. And like it did make me go oh, like kind of want to see what they're what they're about. Like I like the society. Mm-hmm. So like at least I'll, I'll say this, like they they made like even in a small dose, that culture very interesting. So, yeah, I thought I thought the, the Togruta were pretty cool people. Yeah. 
Yeah. All right, mm -hmm. moving on to Practice Makes Perfect. Uh, this is the one that kind of takes place officially over kind of the entire course of, of Ahsoka's uh, time as a Padawan, all the way mm -hmm. up to um, the events of the final couple episodes of The Clone Wars. Focus <laughs> uh, <Okay>. <laughs> is pretty much on her training. So she beats a set of the, uh, the training drones. Mm-hmm that we saw as far back as uh, A New Hope when Luke saw had one. And Anakin's like, yeah, that's nothing to brag about. Yeah, the the droids easy. are not that good. And he has his battalion of clone troopers circle up and attempt to stun her. And she has to deflect. And she just <laughs> doesn't stop. Again, oh, again, man. again. Nice yeah. little sighting of Dippa Balava and Caleb Dune in the opening. Did I scream? Yes. I oh, totally yeah. <laughs> did. You know that um, Kanan was totally fanboying over Ahsoka yeah. when he first found out that she was <laughs> Fulcrum. You know, he was like, oh, I'll remember you. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, who's oh, my hair? My and Hera's like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, it was so cute. Just, it, it was such a good episode on its own and i really appreciate that because even with you know the little hook at the end where it's like oh god it ends with the the season seven moment it mm -hmm. if, if we never even got that moment that episode still stood completely on its own mm -hmm. just seeing the lengths that ahsoka would go to to push herself the lengths that anakin would go to to push her to make sure she survived like it was just it was it, it tugged at my heart it made me sad it made me happy because it's like oh look at how much he cares about her but it's a kind of brutal way to to show love but yeah. it's also something that saved her life and like yeah. it's oh he it's just her. heartbreaking yeah he yeah. saved her because he was always pushing her to be better and she was always pushing herself to be better and mm -hmm. oh man just it was it was so well done i i really i think this was probably my favorite of the ahsoka ones just because it it really pulled at my heart on this mm -hmm. and then ending yeah. like ending it with that season seven connection and just and jesse knowing, yeah <laughs> and jesse, jesse yeah it's like and you immediately <laughs> like, you you immediately call back to, oh God, this is just like when she was deflecting from Rex earlier in the episode of in season seven. You see her facing off against all of those clones and just you think back immediately to everything she had to go through. Like mm -hmm. oh, everything was just, preparing yeah. her for that moment. And it's yeah. just that idea of almost Ooh. fate and how these yeah. things can tie together. I also love I love the simplicity of this one. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. you are training. Mm -hmm. That's it. It's mm -hmm. Ahsoka. Yeah training in a circle oh, it's brutal it's, it's having flashbacks to like running sprints like at practices because <laughs> yeah. like, mm -hmm. that's the idea i mean and again yeah. running was, suicides like, this no, was pretty you. brutal <laughs> it was pretty brutal but anakin has the right idea you don't like you don't train with the uh with the thing like you're facing you want to train with something better than what you're going to face so when you get yeah. to game time it runs smooth exactly yep real world scenarios which right. is mm -hmm. what she should learn and obviously she did learn and it ultimately helped her in the end i'm sure later on she's like well i learned all these techniques from anakin and she thought he was dead 
So yeah. it's like, how am I the one that survives when he's the one who should have been the one who survived? Like, oh, there's just so much to unpack with Anakin and his <laughs> relationship. But it, it sums so up nice. so well so here. Yeah. It sums it, up so well in such a short time. It also speaks to some bit of the Jedi hubris because who, like, who else is doing this extra training besides Anakin and Ahsoka? Like, no other Jedi are really doing this extra stuff because they've like, oh no, we're we're fine, we're above this. They mm-hmm. they don't ever think about the fact that they might have to face someone like the clones, that they might have to face something else besides these droids. Like they they don't really yeah. have much foresight, even though they should. It kind of makes me wonder if Deppa and Caleb went over something like this because he he does a really good job of surviving yeah. when his group of clones attacks him. Uh, in the comics, it's different than the uh, Bad Batch episode, but you can kind of see Deppa like reacting and why she's watching this, like why she's here watching Ahsoka, why she's here watching Anakin. I think she knows that Anakin has this battle prowess and experience that Caleb can learn from. Yeah. As Caleb's sitting there like, wow, wowee, this is the greatest shit I've ever seen. He's like totally freaking out when they're leaving and you, it's just adorable to see. (laughs) Yes, loved this episode. Not so much the next one. So we'll get into this next one. We start, we go into Resolve. Now this shows us the events, uh, Ahsoka attending in secret Padme's funeral on Naboo, having a conversation. It did. Having a conversation because we can't get through this without making Colleen cry. Having a conversation (laughs) with Bail Organa and then eventually hiding out on a farming planet, uh, kind of more or less lining up with the events of her novel by E.K. Johnson. She's ultimately found out by an Inquisitor and has to go back and become Fulcrum. So, yes. Colleen, mm. why is this one? <laughs> why is this one, which is still a beautifully animated, oh, it's compelling, gorgeous. compelling mm-hmm. story? Mm-hmm. Why did this one cause so much controversy among mm. some some more hardcore fans? <laughs> yeah, I I was really excited to see this one from because from the previews we saw that she was going to be facing off against an Inquisitor. And I was like, okay, this is the sixth brother. They're going to show us stuff from the Ahsoka novel, which is really, really good. Um, E.K. Johnston, she knew that things might be changed from her book later on because they kind of told her, well, you know, it's in flux. Things might change. But she made Ahsoka's journey from this runaway Padawan into the Fulcrum agent so compelling. And I loved all of the original characters. They were great. The two sisters who are kind of Ahsoka's main like friends in the novel are super cute. One of them is a young woman named Kaden and she's attracted to Ahsoka in a more than friends way, folks. She is like, Ahsoka's hot and I wanna date her. And this was kind of one of the first Star Wars being more forward with the LGBTQA plus storylines. And reading about them was just so charming because Ahsoka was so confused. She's like, why does she keep looking at me like that? Or what does Kaden mean when she says that? And it was fun to see Ahsoka re- like act and react with her relationships with non-Jedi. Like she's trying to be a part of this community and still not be a part of it. But Caden and her sister kind of drag her in and make her friends with these people. They kind of show it a little bit in the short, but not as much as the community embraces her. Like they really embrace her. 
the short episode here changed Kane's character completely into a really mouthy, annoying boy who betrays her to the Inquisitor. And he was not charming at all. I was like, <laughs> kill him. I don't really care. I know that Ahsoka won't let him die, but I was like, I really don't care about this character one bit. I do get that Ahsoka is Filoni's baby. So ultimately he can do what he wants with her storylines and change what he wants. But the novel already had such a great story for Ahsoka. I was wondering why they couldn't have made it longer. Not necessarily like a full length movie, but maybe like 60 minutes, 45 minutes to like flesh out these characters a little bit, just because there's such a shortage of representation in this area in Star Wars. It would have been cool to see them be like, we're going for it with Ahsoka. Like she had her little flirtation in Clone Wars and then to have her maybe be bi. I mean, I think she's more of like an Arrow Ace character probably, but she did like Lux Bonteri in Clone Wars. So we Definitely. know that it's, that it's in her. I just think it would have been interesting for them to go in that direction instead of just kind of cannibalizing what they wanted from the story. I think that they could have, I think they could have done it in, in the time frame that they had, they just needed like a couple of like stronger hints, you know, or reach for the hand. She is very friendly with that girl, but you know, a little hint that this is still kind of Caden. But my, I get that they they told E.K. Johnson kind of from the get go, like yeah, things might change. But I also remember like back when Disney was kind of first taking on this whole endeavor, and they were like, hey, we have like a full like story master. And a story team whose job it is, is to make sure that everything more or less lines up Yep. (laughs) with into this single timeline that's different than, say, something like the MCU, which the film and the TV universe are separate from comics, whereas in current Star Wars canon, comics, novels, YA novels, kids, kids books, it's all under the banner with the exception of like Visions. It's yeah. all under the banner of a single continuity. Supposedly. So, <laughs> so this is just that Filoni gets special treatment. He's like, I'm not beholden to existing canon. I can do what I want. Also in that same vein, like, should we even then be truly adapting things that are already on the page? We already right. have the story. It's in the novel. Use yep. this chance to explore something else <laughs> or right. a different part, like right before, right after that story. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Show her with Bale. Show her and Bale like going over what her new job will be. Yeah, I would have probably much rather seen her like start her job as Fulcrum. That would have been a much more. I, I mean, it was an interesting short in and of itself because I like I enjoyed this episode independently. If I take the Ahsoka novel out of yeah. my head, right. it's like it's great. It didn't, if it didn't it's still exist, fun. Yeah, then this would have been fantastic. Yeah, knowing the full story, that is a little, it's a it's a lot more disappointing because I'm like, there's there's so much more to the story that I really enjoy. Um so the with these being called Tales of the Jedi, the way I'm kind of holding it in my head at the moment, you know, this is just kind of a short form retelling. You know, this is this is someone's tale about what happened. Mm-hmm. And if we want the full real story from Ahsoka's point of view, then the novel is is it. So that's kind of where I'm playing with it in my head, where it's like, okay, that was that was the fun cutesy folk retelling, but the novel is the full story. 
but I, I mean, mean I, we shouldn't have to do that. Like you're saying, because this is supposed to be a full canon, regardless of media. Yeah, I'm I'm not too happy with how fast and loose they're playing with things because you know we've already like you mentioned Colleen earlier uh, with Kanan the Bad Batch arc uh, or when we see him in the Bad Batch that's different than how it is in the comics and mm-hmm. like uh, yeah this and is the comic the Kanan stuff was already supposed to be Kanan <laughs> yeah. it was already yeah. supposed to be Kanan so like yeah it's. Yeah, I mean, it's not great. I, I hope this isn't a precedent that keeps being used going forward. Yeah, going forward. I do generally. I mean, it, it's hard because I do in my head generally try and not sweat stuff when it's like, oh, what's canon, what's not. I try not to be yeah. that like that yeah. anal about that sort of thing. Because like he said, Dan, in the vacuum, the short is actually the short is amazing. Like, mm-hmm. Right. The animation is beautiful. That Inquisitor is terrifying. Oh yeah. The literally, I think the one event that I was really, really hoping we would see uh, is when she cures the kyber crystals yes. and she gets yeah. them, she turns them from red to white. Mm-hmm. That would have been cool to <laughs> that see. That is one moment that I would absolutely just love to see actually animated out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think <laughs> but, we we didn't get the parts we wanted to see from that and then they changed parts. That was like, <laughs> wait, why, why did you do that? Yes. What was the point? But by no means, like, don't watch the episode. It's still, it's still good. It's, yeah, still, it's, still, good. it's still good. Watch the episode I mean, oh. and then go read the novel then go for read the, the whole story. Yes. Seeing her at the funeral, though, was oh. heart-wrenching. Oh and then God. with Rex at the end. Yeah. I was like, okay, oh, she's still with Rex. Like, yeah, they, she went really, straight, oh. they went straight from burying clones to Padme's funeral. <laughs> <laughs> All oh, right. God, that didn't even hurt to say. Yep. All right, moving on. I'm sure. I'm sure with Count Dooku, things will get much later, guys. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Completely. I mean, he does look great. <laughs> yeah. They he's did. giving. Young he's giving Lee young Bella Lugosi. Yeah, they did model him on a young Christopher Lee. So yep. we start off the Dooku shorts. We have Justice, which shows a younger Dooku and an even younger Qui Gon going to investigate a rebellious village and they see the corruption that is straining the people to the point where they have very few options left. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also deals a lot with the Jedi's role in the Republic and kind of starting to see how the Jedi are viewed by the general public, something Palpatine mm. will eventually exploit. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure the ship Dooku uses here and in a couple of the and in at least one of the other shorts is the same model that Ahsoka eventually uses it's that like red one that kind of looks like a fish yeah a little bit going through which I like think that's is a nice, Daniel question yeah <laughs> which uh, I think like, is, to be honest I think it is but I can't quite remember I think it is because I, I have a very distinct memory of her flying in on it at the end of Rebels so <laughs> and uh I think it's just a really kind of a cool way to connect her and Dooku's stories yeah very cool here to see Dooku's lightsaber when it's still blue. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. Yes. Young Dooku can get it, guys. <laughs> Look, it. when he walked into that bar and he just put his lightsaber right down on the table, I was like, oh, this mm-hmm. is how we're doing it. Okay, yeah. man. Like, you're mm-hmm. cool as shit. Mm-hmm. He's a gunslinger. He's definitely yeah. the one who shoots first and yeah. asks questions later. Yes. I'm here to get shit done and mm-hmm. like get rid of some corruption. <laughs> and to see the senator just being like, shut the fuck up and do what I tell you. Mm-hmm. You work for I, me. I wanted him to kill that senator 
I really did. Yeah. 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 It's like, oh no, what would happen if he did? <laughs> We're not I mean, beholden to the teachings of the Jedi, guys. It's fine. Yeah. Because <laughs> Qui-Gon's like, wait, please, no. <laughs> I mean, good, quick thinking on, on Qui-Gon's part to uh, go use the sun. Yeah. But mm-hmm. like, God, man, that that senator was such a dick. And yeah. I yeah. I'm I'm with uh Dooku. Dooku was at the end of the episode, he's like, Well, I hope this is gonna bring about some change, and he's not sure. And like that's a very yeah. good point. Who knows if this guy mm-hmm. like is actually gonna listen to his son later on? He's not. Yes. Yeah. Is is if the he, Jedi Order did, gonna follow through on it? Like if he did, we wouldn't have the Clone Wars. Yeah, right? exactly. We also get we get a nice callback in this one. Uh, the you're a much wiser man than I, thanks yeah. to your teachings mm-hmm. between Dooku and Qui Gon, which of course yeah. uh, we get between Obi Wan and Qui Gon during Phantom Menace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Small Easter egg here. Also, Vanessa Marshall, who voices Hera Syndulla, is the voice of the village elder. Nice. And it's just uh, it was just so heartbreaking. Even after the one the one villager sold them out to the Republic, yeah, she couldn't forces, even be mad. She was like, I no. can't be mad. You'd like, you have to feed yourself. You have yeah, nothing else. Yeah, she's starving. Else. Literally yeah. starving. Like, and she's not a part of that. this. Yeah, yeah she's she not a part of their forced. Food. Yeah, she shouldn't be forced into that decision in the first yeah. place. Like, it's it's so heartbreaking. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I really enjoyed that the elder was, like, very understanding of everything. Mm-hmm. She seemed like a very good person. Yeah. They all did. I was like, don't shoot yeah. the villagers. <laughs> Right? Like, Jesus, man. <laughs> he you had his, like, giant droid stun. with them. Yeah. He had his yeah. giant droid, and his droid was like, no, nah, seems fine. <laughs> okay, man. Oh, man. Next up, we lead into Choices, which teams Dooku up with Mace Windu to investigate the murder of a fellow Jedi. Only to so, discover... Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I have to interrupt. I, I've forever broken by the internet. Anytime I see the word choices, I can only think of if you're a RuPaul's Drag Race fan, you'll understand <laughs> what I'm saying. Tatiana going, choices, choices. So anytime, anytime that word comes up, this Make is a great choices. episode. Yeah, it's it's a great episode with a good title that makes sense to the episode, but I can't get this damn thing out of my head. I'm so sorry, Anders. This is actually a really good episode, guys. So yeah, they are investigating the murder of a fellow Jedi, <laughs> um, only to discover yet more corruption being masked. The the senator's guards have are the ones who murdered the Jedi because they wanted yeah. to take the senator hostage and force him to kind of put forth their agenda, more like workers' yeah. rights type thing. Yeah, and really deals a lot with Dooku's increasingly frustrated view of Jedi institutions. Yeah, because Dooku's like, oh, you want to increase rights? You want to make things better for the people? How dare you? (laughs) Yeah, you saw that he was sucking away resources from the planet? You just Mm -hmm. want to help people? Like, oh, you guys were right and we killed you. This sucks. Mace is the bureaucratic company man who just his answer to everything is we should talk to the council. Yeah. He just wanted to leave right away. He was like, nope, we're going to get the body and we're going to leave. We're not going to do anything. Yeah. He's he's not a good detective. Like, let's face it. When it came down to, oh no, there's a Sith Lord who's probably taking over the government. The two people you have in charge are Yoda and Mace. (laughs) No. These are not detectives. Absolutely not. No No wonder Palpatine rose. (laughs) Like, put Mace on a battlefield, sure. Make him, like, in charge of 
big Good decisions. Commander. No, yeah. no, not this. Like, not this. Not with. Not using his brain. No, no, no. And I'm sure they were like, pair Dooku with Mace. This should be fine. Like, Dooku will help Mace, like, maybe loosen up a little bit. And Mace oh, will no. help Dooku stay, stay to, like, the straight and narrow. It's like, no. <laughs> I don't think they wanted terrible. Mace to loosen up at all. They oh. just wanted him to be there to, like, keep Dooku on the straight and narrow and follow the company path. Like, yeah. But Dooku, you know has his own opinions and can yeah. think for himself yeah and which, he's older too he's like i'm not yeah. listening to you <laughs> and it ultimately like, ends where mace gets the open seat on the council he is rewarded just because he's a yes man and if they had just listened to dooku he yeah. wouldn't have turned to the dark side like i'm nope. that's what is so frustrating if they had just listened to him mm-hmm. about like hey things are really bad out there yeah. And we're not doing a thing to help it. Like, if you just listen to him. The council's like, it's not our place to meddle yeah. in government bullshit. It's like, uh, obviously it is. If these senators yeah. are defacing their planets and not feeding their people, that sounds like a Jedi problem to me. Yeah. That sounds like something sound very Jedi peaceful. should step up. Yeah. Exactly. Not peaceful at all. It's not balanced. Like, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> We're just our letting head. corruption go on. We're going to have yeah. to have our friend Sloan listen to this episode because she is also a Mace Yoda hater. <laughs> she will Hell love this yeah. section. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then lastly, we have the Sith Lord, which shows us the events of Dooku erasing Kamido from the Jedi archives before Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. Uh, this short takes place over the course of the events of the Phantom Menace. Uh, we get uh, We get... Dooku kind of seeing Qui-Gon come back and report that he's encountered a Sith Lord on Tatooine. Mm-hmm. And we also get several Jedi leaving to go to Qui-Gon's funeral on Naboo and Dooku pointedly refusing to go. That, that whole conversation, like they, the pacing, the artwork, everything that about this episode was done so well. Yes. I love when they have the conversation between Qui-Gon and Yaddle and Dooku in yes. the hallway. And then when they're Three walking away. people. <laughs> yes. Where it's like, oh, if you guys had just opened up to each other in this moment, like things could have gone differently. Mm-hmm. I don't think Dooku was ever fully into the dark side until Qui-Gon was dead. Yeah. Like once Qui-Gon Definitely. died, there was, yeah, there was nothing stopping him at that point. And it just, oh, it was so awful because when he walks away into the darkness and Yaddle walks away into, into the, light, the light, you're like, oh, Cinematography. No. <laughs> just so good. And then just the stark, like they cut to the title episode or to the title card. Mm-hmm. And then it's just him standing in front of that tree. And they um, don't even, got it. like, I they didn't have to say anything. The music, the framing, him just yeah. hands behind his back facing the tree everything about how they set it up you knew immediately like oh oh we've like this, this is not good something terrible's happened and then it's so obvious once Yaddle starts talking like okay Qui-Gon's dead we're getting ready for the funeral like they just they perfectly set that up with that that like momentary high of seeing Qui-Gon and you're like oh you're this close you're this close to connecting and then they just take you right back to the darkness and holy shit it's just Yoda should have been there because Dooku was Yoda's apprentice he should have been there yes 
Like Yoda, I'm sorry. I know you're supposed to be like, oh, above all this. Yeah, Yeah, like we're above all these connections and feelings and blah, blah, blah. No, this was your student who just lost his student. Like mm-hmm. be there for him as a person, but no, you're supposed to detach from all that. And yeah, it'll be like, can you do that? Yeah. And Duke would just be like, what choice do I have? Yeah. The, the disgust mm-hmm. in his voice when he says that, mm-hmm. I'm like, he you know knows that it's wrong. He knows that it's wrong. It's so gross to just let go of someone that he loved so deeply like that yeah. because it it feels like you can tell there's there's a deep relationship there like obviously they're they're master and apprentice but it, it feels more like there is a uncle nephew father son vibe going on like the the connection was very deep and mm-hmm. it rocked him to his core yeah to the now point they where... were well paired dooku and yeah. qui-gon were very well paired yes student master yeah but uh, this darkness just continues, and we get the second half of this short, which is Dooku goes to the kind of industrial sector where we've seen him meet Lucidius at the end of Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. He meets Lucidius. Yaddle has followed him, culminating in a fight between Yaddle and Dooku who has to keep Darth Sidious's secrets. Great yeah. lightsaber battle. It was battle. very well done. Really, it's a great lightsaber really duel. When he like shut, when you think he shut her in the door and she oh forced, opens it away. Like, yeah. uh-uh, what not a bitch. Queen. I ain't out yet. Amazing. And it's the last <laughs> bit of light being shined on Dooku before yeah. he ultimately falls. Even yeah. though it looks like a mouth, like it looks like yeah. jaws yeah. closing. Like, oh, you can see Palpatine <laughs> shying away from the light because he's he's a little weasel. Like he's a little cockroach. <laughs> the light exposes him and he mm-hmm. scatters away like because he's he's weak. <laughs> ultimately, mm-hmm. like I mean he's obviously very powerful but you know his reliance on the dark side has made him weak to the light yes. like that i love that little that imagery there but it is sad because as soon as the door closes it's like that last little bit of light and dooku is gone yeah and he knows like she didn't escape so he has to do what he has to do in that moment and it's and he kills her do we think one of his or that his lightsaber crystal is the adults that he bleeds cuz you're supposed to take oh, one okay. You're yeah, not supposed it to could use be your hers. own. You're supposed to take one. Could be. And that's that's a good way for him to have earned his. Yeah. And even let's say if, you know, I think her crystal's a little bit shorter. Like, it, I don't know if that's the lightsaber itself or if the crystal itself produces the shorter blade. Sorry, guys, I'm not that I think it's into the, it's lightsaber the, technology. It's the saber. It's the hilt. Okay. It's got like a certain control on it so you can control the length. Gotcha. Because I was going to say, if it had like anything to do saber. with the crystal, yeah. In my mind, if it had anything to do with the crystal, he at least had earned his second one. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, all right. But yeah, that works. That works for sure. <laughs> oh, man, that sucks. <laughs> that really sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hurting I, my own feelings. <laughs> right? So I got to say, I I am on record. I'm not the biggest fan of the Yoda fights in... Uh, in these series, just because him hopping around has always been a little goofy. They best in Attack of make... the Clones. Oh my god. Him, my him and Dooku in Attack of the Clones is so goofy. It's ridiculous. I love it. But I it's absurd. But like I really enjoyed this one. I, I thought they really handled the emotion, the choreography, mm-hmm. like the stakes very well. 
I love her hiding behind the the ship and trying to appeal to his reason. And oh, right before he pulls the lightsaber and he's like, I'm afraid. And she's like, I know it's okay. He goes, no, I'm afraid it's too late and ignites. Oh my God. Yeah. Just, they set it all up so perfectly. Like this one was so well done. So well done. Mm-hmm. So the other thing that a lot of people were talking about out of this one is Yaddle. Cause this is the first time we've heard her speak. Mm-hmm. Yep, and she does not use the Yoda speak, the backward speak. So this is not. This is, I think, uh, they've come out and said that Yoda's speech pattern started out as kind of like a tribute to his own master in some yeah. way, and he just mm-hmm. kind of ran with it. So Yoda took little, some bad acid back thing. at Space Woodstock, and yeah. something tripped in his brain, and he's yeah. never spoken the same since. He was a wild, so wild it's okay. boy. This means that when he does start talking, Grogu will sound like Din Djarin, and that's fine. It's going to be swearing so much. <laughs> yes. This is yes. the fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh my gosh. All right. Um, I loved that we got all of these episodes together showing two disillusioned Jedi who chose different paths very like, different paths that's mm-hmm. i'm like dave filoni you chose these two for a reason you yeah. chose ahsoka you chose dooku because they both decided to leave the jedi order but in very different ways <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. ahsoka's like basically fuck you i'm out but i'm gonna go do my own thing whereas dooku's like fuck you i'm out i'm gonna go turn to the dark side and join up with this <laughs> right like oh, dooku yeah. you fucking moron like yeah. i love you but if you thought you were going to be able to change the Sith in any way or like lead it to something better, like, come on. Yeah, no, you can never being... use the dark yeah. side the way you think you're going to. He thought that they would turn Anakin and then there would just be three of them. Yeah. Like, mm. yeah, we're going to break the rule too. It's cool. We're going to do a new way of doing things. Did he think sure, what bud. happened to Maul was like not going to happen to him? <laughs> like, Maul just died in he, battle. He didn't see Maul as a fully realized being. He basically thought of maul as an animal yeah that's true i think that's, that's very that's, um that's Revenge either in the, the attack Sith of... novelization yeah that's yeah that's in one of the novels i liked his portrayal in the revenge of the sith novel because it, sh- it showed he was more of a sociopath i think where mm-hmm. he didn't see people as people really i think this gave him a little bit more nuance like this gave him reasoning like i understood his reasoning perfectly through these shorts and i think that's what makes them stronger than the ahsoka shorts these ones just seemed like like they had a better through line idea here whereas ahsoka they were more thematically tied yeah yeah which is probably why i preferred them but just the journey they took dooku on and we didn't need like a full 60 minutes to understand what was happening with dooku here and I, right. I loved that. I was like, oh shit, we got everything. I mean, also read the novelization of the radio of play. Rangers. Yes, yeah. Dooku Jedi of Lost. Dooku Jedi Lost. That gives even more character to him and Qui Gon's relationship. <laughs> <laughs> All fine. right, everything's fine. <laughs> All right, guys, which one of these was your favorite? Ooh, the one we just talked about is my favorite, the Sith Lord. Yeah, Dooku's last episode. Um, we'd been wondering forever what happened to Yaddle because she shows up, Phantom Menace, we're like, oh look, another Yoda. And, and then, then she's just, gone. just like quietly disappears. So we had no idea where she was. We thought maybe she's one that escaped and was in hiding. Nope. 
nope, we got the tragic truth in these episodes. It's just, oh, it was so, so awful. I did love that Dooku was unsure of his relationship with Palpatine and that he respected Jedi like Yaddle. Like he still respected certain Jedi. He just didn't respect the order. Yeah. Like what the order was standing for at this time. And I liked that Yaddle was like kind of an outlier. She quit the council <laughs> because she was like, fuck you guys, Dooku's right. And also Qui-Gon is really tall and good looking. And I also believe him <laughs> more than anybody who's on the council. I mean, who knows Yoda better probably than Yaddle? She's like, you're full of bullshit. Like, stop talking like that. <laughs> I, I would love to see more of Yaddle. Like, this just made me hungry for more Yaddle content. Do we know how um, old she was? No, I don't think we do. She's younger no, than don't. Yoda, I think. Yeah. She can still Yoda, be a couple Yoda's, hundred years old. Yeah, yeah Yoda's still 900 older. when she dies. Yeah. So yeah. that's a pretty I mean, wide margin. She could easily say... be in the three, four hundreds and, and yeah. still look that young. Mm-hmm. Young? Yeah, I don't know. Gold, wrinkly, green. We don't she, know. We she don't. doesn't have as much of a crackle in her voice yet. She's still got that nice, mm-hmm. fresh, Bryce Dallas Howard voice. Yes, yeah. I loved her. I was like, I want more of her. Ugh, I also want more of Dooku and Qui Gon's relationship. Loved it. Right. Like you said, Daniel, father son vibes going on here. Obviously, Dooku felt very, very deeply when Qui Gon was yeah. killed. I we said we don't think he would have turned to the dark side. If Qui-Gon had lived, just, mm, 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 I, mm. and that's yeah. just the Jedi Council failing their younger Jedi over and over again, or just failing their Jedi in general, because Juku's older yeah. at this point, but like they failed Qui-Gon, which in turn fails Obi-Wan, fails Anakin, fails Ahsoka. Like it's just a yeah. domino pile falling after Qui-Gon's death and mm-hmm. It's just disheartening to see it like this because he was so like altruistic and he's like, I love what I'm doing. I love being a Jedi. I want to change things. I want things to be different. And Dooku did too, even though he's a rich boy, he's a rich kid (laughs) who has a beautiful sail ship that is just stunning and it looks like a yacht. And still he's like, I want to help the common folk. We've got a Robin of Loxley here and we just wasted him on fucking Jedi politics. Who are supposed to not be political just wild 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 shit to me daniel, daniel. how about you which <laughs> one's your you? favorite i mean you hit the nail on the head there the sith lord was just so good it i mean after the build-up of the previous two episodes the payoff of just seeing dooku finally snapping it not only the like the guilt and anger and everything that he'd feel about like you know the camp the council let qui-gon down and all that but like he was involved with this Sith Lord who sent out the assassin that got his apprentice killed. Like yeah. the guilt he must have been feeling in that moment as well. Like it's it was also well done. So I can't sing enough praises for the Sith Lord. But I will say of all the Ahsoka episodes, Practice Makes Perfect was my favorite of those, just because of just it so well done. Such a simple concept of just training that was so emotional ties back to another great moment of Ahsoka's and it it teaches us so much about those characters in such a simple way that just yeah well done well done yeah Daniel I think you just took the words right out of my mouth (laughs) um that is why practice makes perfect I think is ultimately my favorite Sith Lord definitely a close second 
yeah. um, the absolute simplicity of it on its premise. And yet it tells us so much. Mm-hmm. And if you yeah. have the full backs, if you don't have the full backstory of Anakin and Ahsoka's relationship, you still get glimpses of some really cool stuff. But knowing mm-hmm. what we know about them from all of the Clone Wars, it just reinforces and adds extra layers to yeah. Yeah. some stuff that we're familiar with. So absolutely love it. All right, guys, we've been we've been decently critical of these of the series kind of as a whole, the individual apps. But you know, I think on the whole, we did still like them a lot. Oh, yeah. Still, I still had a great time. Um, mm-hmm. There, there were mm-hmm. some issues I had with it, but I'd still give it a, a passing grade overall for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. So do we want more of these? And yes. who, who should they focus on? Maul. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, that would be in Tales of the Sith. We would be in Jedi territory unless they do like a Tales of the Jedi. What if? If the Jedi had found Maul instead of Sidious. Um. I would want to see more from Plo Koon because yes. he fucking is amazing. I love he's him. He's so good. He is like just a dad. Like he's a dad. You can tell to all the baby Jedi, but for Ahsoka especially, he loves mm-hmm. Ahsoka. And he's of course the one who found her. So they do have this little cute bond. He's like, Master Plo, Master Plo. And he's like, little Ahsoka. Like, ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> They're just adorable together. And even if Ahsoka's not there, I'd love to see Plo's adventures, like as he yeah. wanders around the galaxy, even if he is trying to kidnap children, like that's neither here nor there, I guess. <laughs> but he <laughs> does it with care and love. He does. You can tell that he, when he <laughs> picks up a force sensitive kiddo, that they think they're going to the most loving home possible. Yeah. And they're just, not. <laughs> no. But Plo Koon's but, so amazing. I love him so much. the way he interacts with his clones we need mm-hmm. more of him close bros i, yeah. I, mean, I want to see more from plo Koon and his bros um yes. also quinlan boss mm-hmm. would mm-hmm. love to see an animated adaptation of dark disciple yes. with him and ventress hot it would be really hot <laughs> yeah gotta include all the banging yes. uh yes. disney plus after dark is where that one would be streaming yes oh my god i would love to see that <laughs> Just so we can also get her side of the story too, because at that mm-hmm. point she's not dark side per se, and she's not a Sith, so she's learning to love from this light side boy with dreadlocks, and he's <laughs> adorable. And they should just go and have fun and make babies, but we they won't. But that's fine. Um, also, wouldn't mind seeing Kit Fisto in his he's, swim trunks. He's great. <laughs> Kit Fisto's he's pretty also, awesome. Also awesome. I don't know how they could do a full series on him, but make the shit up. Yeah. Just make it up. That's what you guys are here for, right? So yeah. Kit Fisto in skin tight swim trunks, please. Uh Plo Koon kidnapping children and Quinlan Boss <laughs> and Ventress banging. Okay, those are my three. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, I think those are all great suggestions. Um, I would definitely be all in on Plo Koon because I love him so much. Um I think these would be a good idea um, if if they want to expand on stories from the sequel trilogy. You could do stuff from Luke before uh, Episode Seven. You could do some stuff, you know, at his academy with Ben Solo. You could have some of Kylo maybe right around the edge of the fall. You could have Ray. Um, what is she doing in between eight and nine? What is she doing after nine? Um, ben, those would be fun. Where is yeah. Ben? <laughs> And Finn, have him maybe training to be a Jedi. 
Um, so if they wanted to go in the sequel territory, those are good ideas for me, at least. Um, I think it would be fun to explore some of the Jedi that we see in the Clone Wars, but maybe a little bit before the Clone Wars. What are some of these masters that we know about? What are they doing in the like Phantom Menace time frame? Um, that would be just cool to see some exploration of some of them. But I would also really like to see Tales of the Sith. Can yes. we get maybe some... Darth Bane? What's, yeah, no, some I Darth demand Bane. a full movie some... trilogy yeah. on Darth Bane, nothing less. That's, oh, that's, true. that's fair. <laughs> and same but with like, Revan. We'd need smaller oh, ones. Oh, yeah. But like Plagueis, that would be a cool Tales of the Sith. Give him yeah. like three of them. Three episodes, uh, yeah. I think it would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think it's also good territory. Like if we want to go back in time, there's plenty of of smaller Sith Lords that had like minor comics in the Old Republic and things like mm-hmm. that, where not enough to give them a full series. Like XR Kun, nobody yeah. needs a full XR Kun series, even though he has a cool like backstory. Make a small Tales of the Sith about him, and you're going to have nerds uh, who love the Old Republic like me going, oh my god, they made one about him? They made one about Tulak Horde? Oh my god, we'd be losing our minds. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Darth Tenebris, who was Darth oh, Tenebris. Yeah. Plagueis's yes. master. Loved, I would love to see him, just because he's a Bith. Like, a Bith right? Sith? Yeah. A Bith Sith? Just to be able to say that is fun. Yeah, I'm here like, for that. <laughs> it's a great place to play around with characters who don't really need full stories, mm-hmm. but we can do like don't throw them like in visions. just to throw them in. Yeah. yeah, don't throw them in to throw them in. But if you can tell a fun story with a through line across three to five short episodes like this, go for it. Yeah, more stuff like writers. what you did for Duco. Yeah, yeah, give it to new writers. Filoni can be an executive producer or whatever. But yeah. let new have him help guide things. Hop right. in. I think, yeah. I mean, if we have characters that we're already really familiar with, I think I literally think the only time I'm interested in more Luke Skywalker right now is the period between Empire and Jedi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. When he's actually really doing a lot of his real training and study that we just yeah. kind of skip over. Mm-hmm. So how does he get to the yeah. point of the start of Return of the Jedi? Yeah. Um yeah, I think this is a great way to back backdoor pilot, like explore new characters, new time periods, go back to the old Republic. They've introduced so many cool characters in the High Republic series. Mm-hmm. Let's take a look at some of them. Maybe we do like a full set of these on the Lost 20, explaining how all yes. the Lost 20 have left the Jedi Order to explore. Wholeheartedly, yes. Yes. Wholeheartedly, yes. I want yeah. it. <laughs> Um, and absolutely, yes, pairing this with uh, a, a Tales of the Sith would just be awesome because yeah. the Sith storylines are fucking nuts and I love them. Yeah, and they would be very popular. Like, let's be fair, we love our heroes, but everyone loves a good villain. Yes. Yeah. And especially absolutely. villains who don't think they're villains because you know who probably knows he's a villain? Palpatine. <laughs> like, Palpatine <laughs> oh, knows he he's a it. dick. Yeah, he, he's relishing in his evil. I want some like Sith Lords who are like, yeah, I want to learn about the dark side. Like as a nerd, like I'm a, I'm a Darth Plagueis science nerd and I want to learn about all this kind of stuff. Let's see that. Yeah. I'm just doing it for knowledge's sake. Yeah, yeah sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. But yeah, but can, yeah. Can you hand this off to a new writer to create a new character and see what they do with it for, for three yeah. shorts. And if they, it turns out to be something great, then you work that character in other places and give them more expanded things. Yes. Give us exactly. Mara Jade, cowards. Oh my god. Give us god. a Mara Jade, Tales of the 
gray Jedi. Oh no. <laughs> Tales yes. of the Hand. Oh yes. Because then you can have Not Luke's hand. Jade, you can have the hand drawn, <laughs> you can have so much going on if you're going like hand stuff. Yes, please. <laughs> you heard it here. Colleen wants hand stuff. Yep, don't we all? Aren't we all here for hand stuff? <laughs> Um, all right guys adult before content we, we did before play. we before we go <laughs> any other comments or observations on tales of the jedi i loved um, it yeah <laughs> Overall, i just i, I really it. enjoyed it it's a great concept please make more of it i hope you guys realize that like yeah we had some nitpicks but that's just because we loved we it. Love it yeah let the animators flex like this like keep going yes the animators came through like it looked so good like come on guys just give us some more yeah give us some more please i would rather watch this than the new avatar movie yeah i mean is that even a question i'm getting i mean probably yes but i'm not gonna lie just i have learned not to not to doubt James Cameron, that it will be. Look, I mean, that it's it will be. I will article, read the Wikipedia article be, when it comes yeah, out. I think it'll be forgettable. Like, I think it'll yeah. be like stunning, beautiful, dazzling, because that's what they called the first avatar. Yeah. And then but I then can't tell you like, the plot this, of what happened. I mean, I know there was something called unobtainium and that Giovanni Ribisi <laughs> needed to be stopped. No, it's so it's, stupid. Like, it's, <laughs> Let me connect my head tail to your head tail. Yeah, that was some weird shit, man. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, if that's how you guys mate, why is that also how you connect with animals to control them? This is some weird. I don't care. We're using the (laughs) same stuff to James Cameron. What the fuck is going on? This is a whole other podcast, but I have lots of thoughts about (laughs) Avatar, and not many of them are positive. How dare you? (laughs) Avatar: The Last Airbender was supposed to be called Avatar, but then your stupid ass movie that took forever to get made had to go on and change their name. Fuck you and make two billion dollars. Yes, I'm sorry, James Cameron. You gave us some really good movies, and I love you. I'm sorry, James Cameron. I just don't like Avatar, and it's really annoying hearing about the sequel. Let's just watch The Abyss because that is also a James Cameron movie set. I love The Abyss. <laughs> I mean, Terminator Two, amazing. Like, aliens, come on, fantastic. James Cameron. Aliens, great. Like, come on, James Cameron. I don't hate you, just Avatar. All right, well, Daniel, maybe we'll do a Vogue studies on Avatar just for this. <laughs> just so another Avatar watch podcast. It again. Yes, yes. We'll we'll all wreck some shots and we can rant about Avatar. Oh, oh my god, god. yes. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us today. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at YASWPod. Follow us wherever you're getting podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple, whatever. Hit that follow button. Give us a five-star review. You can check out all the offerings in the Forgotten Entertainment family at ForgottenEntertainment.com. You can find Colleen and I on the Bohemian Geek Studies podcast. Uh, Daniel will be joining us over there shortly. Not necessarily for Avatar, but for something else. <laughs> you can also follow Colleen's Star Wars book reviews on BohemianGeekStudies.com. Likely, we will not be back until Bad Batch Season 2 comes out in January. We just got a trailer for it today. And yes. it was yes. fucking amazing. I'm so I, I remember wait. when I remember when Bad Batch Season 1 ended, I was like, that was I liked it a lot, and it was good. And then I just kind of like put it down and it was there. And then we got a trailer for season two and I was just like, holy fuck, I'm hyped yeah. for this. Hype. I was like, oh, <laughs> right. This is fun. I this am ready so to go much back fun. into this. Mm-hmm. Fun. Yeah. Cody, here for it. I'm here for Crosshair being a yes. dick. <laughs> just like always. I mean, you mean Crosshair being Crosshair? Yeah. 
It's just his own. That's just his personality. Oh, he's so cool. Oh, come on. (laughs) (laughs) Until then, keep those lightsabers off. Watch out for Inquisitors. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. And another thing about James Cameron. I'm kidding. I'm kidding.